In the holy name of Jesus, amen. You and I have been conditioned in everything around us, the goods that we buy, the commercials that we see, the shows that we watch or binge on, we have been conditioned to be happy. Happy all the time. Do you remember Bobby McFerrin? Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> Whatever. If Bobby McFerrin only knew what we face each and every day today, he might not sing that song. You don't really hear it a whole lot on the radio anymore. But you and I have been told to be happy in every little thing. Just work toward more happiness. Just work toward being content with what you have. Be your own person. And I dare say that this has bled over into Christianity as well. Modern Christianity today, in so many overwhelming ways, has tried to condition us to always be happy before God. Think about it. Oh Lord, you are my all. I give you thanks and praise. You are my everything. Can you feel his spirit and presence here today? Everybody get up, stand up, shout, jump up and down. Do what you can. Lord, you are so awesome. Even though I have cancer. Lord, you are such a great and loving and giving God, even though I'm going through a divorce. Lord, you are my all. You are my everything. I love you even though my job stinks and my finances are terrible. Really? Is that where you and I are at today? Somehow showing God this false idea, this false perception, even this false piety of who you are as a Christian the big guy's here with us. The big guy's looking at us from the sky. We're always happy. Always happy. Always go lucky. Showing other people we're so happy. We're so good. We know everything that God loves us so dearly. And so we are just going to come together today and give him all the praise, thanks, and glory. Even though life stinks. Really. It does. Be honest. It does. The thing I love about being Lutherans, and even Lutherans who use this, is that we're very real. Take a look at that first hymn that we sang today. Take a look at the hymn that we just sang as well. What God ordains is always good, our first hymn. Did you see what you were singing? The suffering, the trials that God sends to me? What? Are you serious? But don't ever take this that somehow God is punishing you. He does not work that way. He never looks at you and me and says, well, you've, you've committed this sin. Now I'm going to cause some sort of disease for you. We just sang also, when in the hour of deepest need. How many of you have needs? How many of you have worries? How many of you have the anxious thoughts we just sang about that keep you up day and night, constantly worried and constantly fearful? And what are we doing about this? Oh, good morning, Pastor. How are you? Good, how are you? Oh, life's just grand. Life's grand and cheery. Pastor, I've got this little problem, this little fear, this little issue. Can you pray for me? Sure. 
Do you want your brothers and sisters to pray for you? No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. Don't want anybody to know. Don't want anybody to know. Even though Scripture says that we as brothers and sisters in Christ are to bear with one another in their burdens and their sufferings, even though Scripture says you and I will suffer because we follow the way of the cross, but we do not suffer alone. We are not tempted alone as with Jesus who was tempted in every sort of way as we are yet without sin. God wants you to be honest with him, forthright and honest. But maybe in all of this you've said, I can't speak to him about these problems because I don't feel it's right. I don't think it's reverent. I don't think it's something that he really wants us to speak to him about or how we want to speak to him. If you're not so sure about that, go back to the scriptures. Psalm 10, why do you, O Lord, stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? Habakkuk 1-2, how long, O Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. Oh, how long do I cry out to you? There is violence around us, but you don't save. Habakkuk 1.3 Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate all the wrongdoing around us? Destruction and violence before me. There is strife and conflict abounds, and I'm your prophet. Psalm 13 How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long I am anxious in my soul to feel with grief in my heart all the day. How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes or I will die and sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say to me, I have overcome him. And my adversaries will rejoice when I am shaken. That's scripture. That's what God gives to us as scripture. And the Psalms and the scriptures are meant to be said back to God. To be prayed back to God. Every last word of scripture is given to you to speak back to your heavenly father. It's not as if God looks at Habakkuk or the Psalms and says, you can't speak with me this way. Who do you think you are? He wants to know. It's no different than your children when they come home and they slam the door. Go away. What's the matter? Don't want to talk about it. You'd much rather have yourself come home and they say, I'm really mad with you. I'm really upset with you. Okay, I know where things are at. I know where I'm at with this. That you do not come home and they say, you are the most wonderful dad ever. I praise and thank you for everything. You love me unconditionally. I'm going to look at somebody like that and say, what's wrong? What's going on? Today, we have amazing passages before us about the reality of who we can and should be before God. Jacob wrestles with God. The Hebrew literally says, this is a down and dirty dust up. This is not them prancing around with each other. This is down in the dirt. And who is this that wrestles with him? It is the man, the angel of the Lord. 
What does Jacob say at the end? I have seen God face to face. The woman wrestles with Jesus today. In the Greek, it literally says that she's arguing with Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. And do you realize what Jesus says about her? He's silent. Even the faithful disciples look at Jesus and say, get her away from us. She's bothering us. Don't handle this. You're too good for it, Jesus. And she constantly pesters him. It's not good to give the bread of the children to the dogs. And what does she say? Yeah, I am a dog, Jesus. I'll just take the crumbs. Do it now, please. I beg of you. Who wins in these struggles? Jacob does. The woman does. God literally puts himself in these situations of vulnerability. He literally puts himself in these situations that are dire. Why does Jacob wrestle with God? Because he's fearful. He's fearful of what the future is going to bring. He sends his family and all of his earthly goods on to, to be safer with things, and he's left alone in his fear and anxiety. And what does God do? Does God come there? There, Jacob, it's okay. It'll all be good. He has the dust up with him. The wrestle, the struggle, the suffering. Why? How long? Where are you? Don't you hear me? If you're not so sure about it, go home and read Psalm 13. Did you forget to be God? God? Did you forget something? I mean, I know you said you created me and I will be with you always at the very end of the age, but my life is really in shambles right now. Why can't you find yourself speaking to God like this? Because we don't feel we are worthy. Which really means it's a sin. Because if you don't feel that you're worried, you if that, that you're worthy, you don't believe and trust in God's forgiveness and love in the gospel. If you feel like you're not worthy to speak to God in these ways, shapes, and forms, to pour out your complaints before him, you're basically saying that what Jesus did on the cross and by his resurrection to forgive all sins, and as the Old Testament says, they are cast in the depths of the sea to no longer be remembered or brought up by God. As far as the east is from the west, your sins are no longer remembered. If you somehow feel like you cannot speak to God who has brought you back into this wondrous relationship with him, then yeah, you're not going to speak to God plainly and how you truly feel. It's a sin. I know that maybe sounds odd, but it's a sin. I do not want to believe in a God who looks at us and says, I'm in the sky, I'm looking down on you, don't you dare complain. Do you realize how much I've done with you? Think of where you and I live. We live in the valley of the shadow of death. We live in the veil of tears. Suffering, sickness, disease, broken relationships, financial issues, temptation all around, and we want to somehow give God cheap lip service? You're the best. No. 
Absolutely not. Be honest with him. Why? Scripture says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life sets you free from the law of sin and death. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until the present time. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions as sons, the redemptions of our bodies. In the same way, the Spirit helps us with our weakness, for we don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray, Pastor. Why? I'm terrified. I don't know what to say. I'm even angry. Let it out. Let it be honest. Let it be open. Don't listen to what this world and what modern Christianity says today. When in the hour, deepest hour of need, we don't know what to say. Right on. Be honest. Pour it out, and not only that, pour it out over and over and over and over and over again. That's what the life of prayer is all about. It's not a one-and-done thing. The gospel emboldens you to speak this way. The gospel preached and received in the Holy Eucharist, these things strengthen your faith, and they generate your prayers. Jacob asks the Lord's name, the woman asks for her daughter. Jesus makes himself vulnerable to both. This is not a God who is some sort of wall, not a God who cannot be approached. He welcomes this. And not only that, he puts his own words of complaint into your mouth. That's the beauty of the scriptures. He's not sitting there saying, well, you just prayed to me the psalms of complaint. Who do you think you are? No, he says that when you complain, use my words and speak them back to me. Pray them. Pray without ceasing. You'll notice today when Jacob has the dust up with God, Jacob says, bless me. You notice how God blesses him? He does two things. First, he gives him a new name. The giving of a new name is always the giving of the acceptance into the family of God. You're my son. You're my beloved one. You are now part of the family. But you notice also, he makes his hip go out of joint. That is the reminder that all is not going to be happy and cheery and so forth. By the way, you'd never hear about Jacob's hip being brought back in the socket. I dare say that he walked the rest of his life with this limp. It's a stark reminder of the brokenness of this world. In your baptism, God has now called you by the new name. He has called you his children the Bible says that as Christians, you are the new Israel. Do you know what the name Israel means? It's not the happy-go-lucky people. Not the happy followers, shiny follower, everything is glad and happy followers. The name Israel literally means the God fighters. 
The ones who fight God, who struggle constantly with their own will against the will of God, and God literally says, bring it on. Let me have it, because I am going to put it to death. What does Jesus say from the cross, Psalm 21? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? I cry out by day, O oh my God, but you don't answer, and by night, but I have no rest. If the Son of God is doing that to the Father, then why can't we? I don't want to be all shallow and happy-go-lucky and plasticky-smiley with God, and neither should you. If you have problems, if you have struggles, let them out, pour them out constantly. Because he is the one who suffers with you. He has suffered all things for you. And not only that, he sends his spirit to intercede with us for groans too deep with words. And as we just heard a few moments ago, not only do you suffer, but this whole creation suffers as well. That's why we have diseased trees and vegetables. That's why we see animals fighting with each other and them dying just as everything else. But they're part of that as well. And the Spirit himself intercedes with us when we can't or won't. It's not as if you are not, when you're not honest, that God says, fine, go ahead and take care of the mess you've made. He even sends the advocate, the helper, to speak and intercede on your behalf when you don't know how. But even more so, as I just shared with the kids, even when you don't know what to say, in your misery and complaints, you speak the Lord's Prayer. And what are the first two words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father. Our Father. Not only that, you speak about these things before your brothers and sisters as well. He who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This woman today was called a dog. Our, our sense of being offended is raised up. If you've been in the Bible class across the hall, you'll know that Jesus doesn't use the word dog. He uses the word doggy, literally, kunieron. You ever see these ladies and gentlemen who walk, drive around in their car, and as they pull up to the stoplight, there's the little frou-frou dog on their lap steering with them, you know, and they're probably taken care of better than most people. The lap dog, the family dog, that's who this lady is. And Jesus says, what great is your faith? Yeah, the world's going to call you this. The world's going to outcast you with this. You're still even the family dog, the doggy, the one who's part of the family who, yes, will take care of the crumbs under the table, but the crumbs are all you need. So as you leave here today, pour out your complaints. Lay them at the feet of Jesus, who has suffered all of these things, and even more so, 
even at our hands against him, the God fighters, but yet he loves his enemies and he prays for them. Forgive them for they know not what they do. And in his own time and in his own way, he will answer your prayers according to his steadfast and abounding love for you. Use the scriptures. Speak them back to him. You said this. You've said this. Listen. Please hear me out. And he will. Because in the end, you need not fear neither life nor death because he has already answered your biggest prayer. It is finished. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.